You're listening to Creed and Deed, a podcast discussing biblical truth and its application to everyday life. Tim Hare and Rob Lindley, we're on the Creed Indeed. We're, we're looking at the ancient truths of Scripture and applying them to the very modern day in which we live. Tim, it is a pleasure to be with you today uh, on Creed Indeed, always is. But uh, today's a very special day, Tim. Very Do you know special. what day it is? Uh, yes. Do you, are you familiar with what, what, what it, is it's today? It's Tuesday for us, but we're kind of in a... Like in a time warp or something when people listen to us, because I have no idea what day it is when people will hear this. But what? Why is it? Why is today so special? It Matt? is today is the day that the Lord has made. His mercies are new every single day, and you can come to the Lord, uh, and He is going to bring about a new day tomorrow. But today is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, Tim. That is Ooh. what why today is special starting off it is a it is a blessing to be with you today i mean i am just blessed i'm overwhelmed to be doing this podcast and i'm i'm blessed to be with you to talk about the word of god always always that's that's our goal talk about the word help people understand better how to read and understand their bibles and and help them apply it to everyday life yeah, I'm excited about the word today in in Genesis chapter 20, 21 and 22. You want to do you want to give us a brief synopsis up until this point in the scriptures so our listeners can understand where we are in the context. Yeah, sure. So I think we are we are looking at the life of Abraham and I think a simple way of just kind of summarizing even uh, all of Abraham's life, even the portion we'll get to today, is we need to understand that Abraham is a new kind of Adam. Uh, God has promised him a land uh, in, in Genesis chapter 12. Uh, he, he, he promises that he's going to make a covenant with him. He's going to make him a great nation. He's going to multiply him. Uh, and then he has him kind of go and walk through the land. He almost gives him like this tour of the land that he's going to give uh, as a possession for Abraham. And what's interesting is that there's all these certain points where God meets with the Lord and all of them happen like under or around a tree. Uh, and we're even going to continue seeing that today. And so, so in all these big significant moments, it, 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 the, 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 the writer goes out of his way to like give you, this was the Oak of Mamre, or this is the, uh, Oak of Moray or whatever, uh, and, and I think he's he's cluing us in that this is a this is a, 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 a Eden picture here. This is this is a new Adam in a new garden that God is continuing to do. He's continuing to work out His promises. He's continuing uh, with His plan of destruction of the serpent through the offspring of the woman. Uh, and this is the this is the family that God has chosen to work out His purposes. Uh, and and what you see is that. Yeah throughout Abraham's life, those that uh, stay close to Abraham 
uh, and that kind of kind of cling on to him, they're going to, they're going to be blessed. Uh, and they're going to, mm-hmm. um, even, even nations that remain close to him will be blessed. And, and, and those that want nothing to do with him and just kind of, uh, you know, that they're going to, they're going to be judged and, and Abraham, and we'll see it today. Abraham is going to be a blessing to nations, um, because they have a, a desire to, to be close to him. So, uh, which is, which is the, which is the endemic, uh, mandate to, to go out and, and be, be fruitful and fill the earth, uh, and expand the garden. And so that's, that's really what Abraham's life is all about. And we will see that even more clearly played out, the, uh, in these chapters today. The blessing, the blessings of Eden are given to Abraham and his descendants. And through his family, all the nations of the earth will receive the Edenic blessing through the one who is to come to crush the head of the serpent. Really good stuff right there, Tim. I'm excited about this podcast today. Chapter 20, we get this character of Abimelech. You know, uh, we're, we're 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 entering in towards... Um, you know, a, a different portion of Abraham's life. He is a little bit older. He's gone through some some things. He's seen some things happen, uh, including the uh, destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. He's been affirmed the covenant multiple times. He's been visited by the Lord himself multiple times. He's offered sacrifices. The Lord has spoken to him. You know, he's called out and gone to a, a foreign land. And now, um, it kind of comes to another test in his life where he kind of fails at the test, right? Oh yeah, I mean he, yes, absolutely. And this is, uh, and here's what's interesting. And by the way, I, I have a, I, uh, we've recommended Bible Project. They're actually doing a series right now where they've they're walking through. They, I think they just finished walking through the life of Abraham, uh, and and brought in some really incredible insights. But one of the uh, the things that they pointed out in chapter twenty. Uh, is that Abraham is actually, in in some ways, acting like like the serpent from Genesis three, mm. because he lies mm. about his wife, and he tells mm. for 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 fear of, uh, because his wife is beautiful, and for fear of for his own life, uh, he says she's just my sister, and 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 Abimelech takes Sarah in chapter two. So so Abimelech here is almost functioning like an Adam. Uh, and he takes and he takes Sarah, and then uh, God uh, re- reveals Himself to Abimelech in a dream by night in verse three. There, and He says basically, uh, because you've taken this woman, like if you touch her, uh, you're gonna die. Uh, in fact, down in verse seven, He says, "You will mm. surely die." Same kind of language that God mm. tells Adam and Eve: "If you eat of this tree, uh, you will surely die." And so it's almost as if. Abraham has tried to deceive Abimelech, uh, and and Sarah is the forbidden fruit that Abimelech is not allowed to touch. Uh, but in this instance, he's innocent, and this is why God graciously comes to right. him and says, "I know you're innocent. This is why I'm revealing myself to you. Don't don't do this. Listen listen to what I'm telling you." Uh, and so it's just a you know, and this this is a, a low point as in Abraham's life where second time he has. Uh, not been the husband that he's supposed to do, and he's he's just kind of sold out his wife uh, to go into the the house of another man, 
Uh, and, mm. and so this is, this is not a good moment for Abraham. This is, this is the second time that Abraham has done this, Tim. He did this with Sarai in Egypt with right. Pharaoh. The first time, you know, the text seems to, to show us that uh, Pharaoh was given to Sarai in marriage. And, 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 you know, in this circumstance, he was not. The Lord protected Sarah. But, um, <clears throat> you know, if you see and understand, so God has just promised Abraham that he will be a great nation, that uh, through his line, you know, uh, that he will he will be a blessing to the nations. And then all of a sudden they go to Egypt and he gives his wife to Pharaoh, basically gives his wife to the seed of the serpent. And obviously the Lord is like, no, we're not, we're not messing with the lineage of the promised one who is going to come through the line of Abraham. And so he closes the womb. I mean, it's very yeah. clear to me. It doesn't tell us in the text that he closes the womb, but it's very clear that he closes the womb so that, you know, the seed of the serpent is not mixed with the seed of the woman here, even though Abraham's, uh, Abraham's lack of faith. And then here, obviously the womb has been opened. He's been visited by the Lord and the serpent again is trying to mix again, the lineage of the seed of the woman that's going to come through Abraham, the promise. And yet God in his sovereignty stops uh, Abraham's wife from having a child with uh, Abimelech. And so there, there, there's this, there's this huge, uh, huge, huge part in which God is, is doing, orchestrating all of these things. And yet, even in the midst of man's sin, God is orchestrating, uh, his good purposes for his people, for the salvation of the, of mankind. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and there's a, there's a really ironic thing that Abraham says down in verse 11 of chapter 20, where he said, I, I did this because Abimelech is like, man, how could you do this? Like you, you, this is bad news for us. And Abraham said, I did it because I thought there is no fear of God at all in this place and they will kill me because of my wife. Uh, when what's interesting is that Abraham is the one that's showing a lack of fear in the Lord because he doesn't think the Lord would protect him. Uh, whereas Abimelech yeah. is the one who, who hears the word of the Lord and he listens. And so it's actually Abraham that is not uh, living in light of the fear of the Lord. Uh, and and what's, what's interesting is... is um, at the end there in verse 17, uh, you know, so, so Abimelech gives, he gives Abraham like all these blessings and he, he, he tells Sarah in 16, I've given your brother 10, uh, a thousand pieces of silver. It's all this. And then it says in verse 17, then Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech and also healed his wife and female slaves so that they bore children. And so you, what you have here is the nations receiving the blessing of God through the chosen servant of God. Mm -hmm. He prays for them and they receive healing and blessing from God's chosen one. And that's, that's, you know, a theme mm. that just plays itself on repeat over and over throughout the scriptures. The nations who respond favorably towards the Lord and favorably towards the, the Lord's anointed one receive healing and blessing from the Lord. 
Yeah, so basically he takes them from death to life. Look at verse 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man Yeah, because of the woman you've taken. He brings them from death to blessing, death to life, outside of the realm of the presence of God into uh, God's Edenic blessing here with Abimelech because of his faith in the Lord and ultimately his obedience to the Lord. And so he is a blessing because he is, uh, you know, trusting this God of Abraham. It's an incredible story. Incredible story. So then, then we get to the birth of Isaac chapter 21, Tim, how, how do we, how do we relate to this? (laughs) Well, uh, so, so this is, you know, this is the moment that God has promised. This is, this is God being faithful uh, to carry out his, his, his promise that this is, you know, everything hinges upon Isaac. God's faithfulness hinges upon Isaac uh, because this is what God has promised Abraham. So for God to be shown truthful, mm-hmm. uh, Abraham is going to have a biological son through Sarah. And, uh, and this is it. Mm-hmm. And, and verses 1 through 7 of 21 uh, recount this, and they have Isaac, and and they name him Isaac, and that's an interesting name. That there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of laughter that's going on, because um, that's what Isaac's right. name means is laughter. And uh, verse six, and Sarah said, "God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me." I think you can actually translate "laugh with me," so that seems to be a positive, like a joyful laughter that Sarah is experiencing because. Uh, of of um, of having a son, even in her old age, uh, and so, so because the of God's been, God's provision, yeah, God, yeah, uh, God's God's provision, um, and so so Isaac is born, uh, but then this this immediately leads into Abraham's a hundred years old at this time, hundred yeah, years we, old. Tim, how, yeah. how 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 can how can that be? Uh, verse five was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. How can how can that be? I mean, that's that's an old man. The providence of God, brother. The providence of God. birth of Isaac sets off immediate conflict within the household, uh, because if we remember the story of, of Hagar and Ishmael and uh, basically Abram and Sarai's at that point in time, their, their failure to trust God, they try to take things into their own hands. They say, there's no way that I can have a son. So, so Sarah says, here, take my servant and, and have a son by her. Uh, and then the servant has a son and she then, uh, basically curses, uh, Sarai and, um, but so, so, so Ishmael is on the scene and there's an interesting, um, in verse nine, this is so, so Isaac has, has been weaned and it says in verse nine, but Sarah 
saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, laughing. Now, there's different translations there. Some say mocking. I think there's even one translation that says like playing with or, or something like that. But, but the text seems to be a little bit ambiguous. Uh, some people think this is, this is Ishmael and he's like mocking Isaac and laughing at him. And this is why Sarah gets upset. Uh, but Ishmael's awfully young to understand what's going on. Um, so he's not like a, he's not like a, a, a teenage boy. Um, he's, he's a, he's a, he's still a young, a young child. And I think this is what I think. Um, I think Ishmael is causing laughter. And that makes Sarah jealous because she wants her son, uh, who is the promised son, but she wants her son to be the cause of, of, of laughter. So, so Ishmael is doing what she wants Isaac to do, is bring about laughter, whereas Ishmael is bringing about, uh, is bringing about laughter. And so, so this jealousy leads, leads her to want to uh, send Hagar and Ishmael out and leave them, um, and, and part ways with them. And, and God comes to Abraham with, in verse 12 and says, be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman, whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you for through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Um, and so you're kind of, you're left just a little confused. Cause you're like, man is, you know, uh, Sarah's seems to be awfully, ruthless here and 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 sending a, a young uh, Egyptian slave girl and her young son out just by herself into the wilderness like pretty much certainty of death there uh, and God says it's okay do this um and 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 mm. he, he's 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 reiterating I think look you can do this they're they're gonna part ways uh Isaac is going to be the offspring that's going to be the promised offspring. But he says in verse 13, I will make a nation of the son of the slave woman also because he is your offspring. So, so he is going to provide, he promises that he will make Ishmael uh, a great nation, but Ishmael will not be the promise. Well, he fulfills his word, right? Yeah. He fulfills his word. Um, and so therefore he cannot, you know, negate what he has said according to his word. And therefore Ishmael is a son, not of the promise, but a son of promise, um, you know, of making a great nation from Abraham. Uh, but here, 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 here's an interesting take on this section here is, um, I, I really have never seen this until we were just reading it just now, but, um, one of the things that I do see is um, whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. Um, and and I, I think of this dynamic in the in the marriage of Sarah speaking towards Abraham and the Lord basically saying, obey Sarah. And you know, oftentimes we look at the, the 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 first few books of the Bible, and we're like, oh, it's very male dominated, patriarch dominated, and in this section, it's a very interesting topic when when the Lord is is calling Abraham to basically obey what Sarah has has done, do as she tells you 
mm-hmm. to do. And, uh, you know, in a marriage, oftentimes a man um, will think, well, I'm the I'm the leader of the household. I, I don't really need uh, guidance and direction from my wife. And yet in this in this section of scripture, the wisdom of Sarah is God is affirming her wisdom. God is showing Abraham, listen, she does have a point here in my providential plan and what I have promised here and what, what, and I, and I think that there is a debate in the house of whether Ishmael and Hagar should leave or not leave. And on this instance, the wife is the Lord sides with the wife and calls the husband to basically obey what she's, she's asking you to do. It's a very interesting topic uh, for 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 us as as we uh, you know work through marriages as we talk about our marriages as we want to lead our wives uh, as 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 God has designed. We're also to rem- remember that our wives speak back into our lives and oftentimes have truth in in what we should what we should do. And, uh, I think, I think it's a good text for that. Yeah, no, I think it's good. But I, I think here, uh, you know, God says you can listen to your wife, that he should listen to his wife, but I don't, I still don't know that this is God giving approval to Sarah's actions more of this is what Sarah's doing. Go ahead and listen to her. I'm going to be Hagar's provision. So, so he's, he's mm-hmm. relinquishing Abraham from a position of, uh, Sarah's, I think Sarah's wrong. I think Sarah's in the wrong here in sending these people out, but God is, is he's going to work through Isaac for the promise. He's not going to work through Ishmael to defeat, uh, to crush the head of the serpent. And so now he's telling Abraham, you can let them go. And, and this next account is God demonstrating his provision for Hagar and for Ishmael. Um, and, and, you know, the results of this, God, God shows himself faithful and he provides, um, for Ishmael and for Hagar. Uh, but the result of those nations, uh, becomes a bane in the existence of Israel to this day. Uh, mm-hmm. conflict after right. conflict after conflict, uh, because Abraham and Sarah ref- refused to, uh, because, because of basically because of their actions with Hagar. Uh, and the, and the, ref, and the refusal yeah. to, to treat her the way that she should be treated. Um, instead they, they, they are, they oppress her, they force her into, um, a horrible situation in which they, I mean, let's just face it. They sexually abuse her. And, uh, and, and the result of those actions is centuries and centuries, uh, of conflict between, right. between, because of these events right here. Um, yeah. And, and- now I would say I would push back a little bit, and this is this is where our listeners enjoy uh, enjoy okay. us going back and forth on this. But but I would push back a little bit. I think that Sarah is right, and here's why I think that. I think that Sarah is right because God affirms it in verse twelve. Uh, do as she tells you, for through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And then the Lord is, I believe, he's saying to Abram, don't worry about 
um, Ishmael because I'm going to take care of him. But it is right because um, Isaac is the promised heir. And so what what she's saying is now we have a rival heir to Abraham's uh, offspring and through the lineage of Abraham, with, who is Ishmael. And and she's basically saying, no, the promise is through Isaac. And I think that Abraham is struggling with that. I don't think he's really, uh, you know, I think he loves Ishmael a lot. And I don't think he's really dealt with the issue of because of his previous sin, there is a rival heir. And these two brothers will will compete against one another, I guess, if you will, for that heir. And so she is casting him out to, to remind uh, Abraham that the promise is through Isaac and Isaac alone for the promise of the coming one who will crush Yeah, I think that's an interesting take. So I, that's, I think, that's, that's my thoughts. I think I'd probably disagree with that, but that's fine. I think I think Sarah's that's good. actions are wrong here. I don't think she's, she should send her out into the wilderness. Uh, but I, I do think, yes, God is affirming, I'm going to work through Isaac. Uh, but I think Sarah, because, because you have, you know, for instance, you have the, uh, you know, God's going to work through Judah and not the other brothers. He's not going to work through Reuben, who's the firstborn, right. but Reuben isn't cast out of the family and sent into the wilderness to go die. Uh, it's just, God's going to work through Judah. Um, and so I think you have other, right. other, and, and, and that whole, all those tribes are all messed up because you've got, uh, the same situation right. with Abraham as Abraham with slave girl and, and servants, you know, sleeping with Jacob and all of that. And, and yet they remain 12 tribes, um, and are part of right. the, the overall people of God. And so I think the action of just sending a, a, a young girl and her boy into the wilderness, I don't think uh, that goes against the character of God and what he has commanded elsewhere. In so scripture. I see the wilderness as, uh, I see the wilderness as God's protection and God's provision for his people. So, um, well, from God's numbers, perspective, yes, but not from a human perspective. <laughs> I don't think, right, I, I don't think right. Sarah's well, thinking yes. that. Uh, I'm going to send her out to the wilderness because that's the place where, because, because it gets, it gets, I mean, let's, let's just go ahead and read the, what, what happens here. Um, you know, Abraham, he rises early in verse 14 and he sends him out and she departs and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Uh, and we'll, we'll find out what that means here actually in the next story. But in verse 15, when the water in the skin was gone, she put the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off about the distance of a bow shot. For she said, let me not look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. Uh, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a traumatic scene. Uh, a young sure. girl, completely sure. hopeless, in the wilderness by herself, no water, no food. She abandons her child because she can't, she can't stand to see him die. Uh, and God right. comes and provides. So, yes, um, amen. God yeah, does provide, amen. That, that's right. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and you know, there's he there's some interesting provision. things here. Even that, that, in the midst of all of our sin, 
That's even right. in the midst of all of our sin, our mess ups, like this is this is the this is the beauty of the gospel here is is that even though you know Abraham has messed up with Hagar, even though Ishmael is what some would consider a mistake, I, I wouldn't call him a mistake. I would call him, you know, created in the image of God. Uh, he is provided for, and his mother is provided for by God Himself, which is incredible picture for us of today's world. Um, you think of, of women who may have a, a baby that is maybe not in the best circumstance out of wedlock or in a, not in a great circumstance. And you think of God's provision for them. There, there's a lot of people that, that, that are in this circumstance right now in their life that are, they have a child, they, they're, they're, they're out of wedlock, they're, they're, or, or they're pregnant and they're thinking about not having the child. And yet God is, is saying, no, I see you where you are. I will provide for not only Hagar and this lady, but I believe the Lord will actually provide for, for those who cry out to him. And I, and I, I think that this is an incredible picture of even what we see in our world today. Your sweet and right instruction, oh, the joy, the joy, the joy of those who delight in the law of the Lord, oh, the joy, the joy, the joy. There's uh, some interesting connections here. Uh, for anyone who's, you know, a Bible nerd and wants to see these. But in verse 15, um, well, one, just, just uh, she put the child under. Uh, that, one, that word under can also be translated in the place of. It will come up again in chapter 22 um, when Isaac uh, or when the ram is put in place of Isaac. Uh, but the word bush is there. This is the first time that word is used since Genesis 2.5. And if you go and you look at Genesis, mm. read Genesis 2.5, uh, listen to what it says. Um, Genesis 2.5, when no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land and there was no man to work the ground and a mist was going up from the land was watering the whole face of the ground. So you have this, this, this wasteland, basically. Uh, where there's no water, mm-hmm. it says. There's, there, there's the Lord did not cause it to rain on the land. There's no small plant. There's no bush. Well, you have a very similar circumstance here, and I think we're meant to connect these stories. That as this 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 nation is about to be formed, Ishmael is going to be the father of nations. That as this nation is forming, he's God is providing its beginning in a similar way that God provided at the beginning of the world, and provided. Um, mm-hmm the uh the 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 garden and provision for uh his world and so um Mm. and and uh you see uh the the lord after and here's what's interesting it says she lifted up her voice and wept uh but the one that god hears is the voice of the boy verse 17 and god heard the voice of the boy and the angel of, of god called to hagar from heaven and said to her what troubles you hagar Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up, lift up the boy, and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. 
then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. Uh, and she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. This is a rev- this is a a, a inverted uh, Genesis three narrative. He opened up her eyes. She saw uh, this well of water, and she gave the boy a drink. Um, it's 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 God coming to her, meeting her in this moment of testing in her life and providing for her and she providing for the boy. And it says in verse 20, and God, uh, God was with the boy uh, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran and his mother took a wife for him from the land uh, of Egypt. And so um, Ishmael receives the blessing. God. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you no, no, no. I was just, he, 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 he receives the blessing uh, but he's not going to be the promised one. Uh, he is, mm-hmm. he is going to be the father of, uh, of nations. And, but what you see here is a kind of a dividing of the nations. This is a, this is Ishmael and Isaac parting and they're going to be in conflict, which is not what, uh, God's chosen servant is supposed to be. We're actually going to see that in, in this next story at the end of chapter 21. But, uh, He's supposed to be a blessing to the nations, but here there's conflict and the nations are parting. And instead of blessing them, God comes in and blesses this situation um, and and provides for Hagar and for Ishmael. What what were you going to say, Rob? I was just going to say it's interesting. You're talking about, you know, him becoming a nation, him receiving blessings. You know, the covenant with Abraham is I will make you a great nation. And then... Um, uh, <clears throat> and uh, um, you know, so shall your offspring be in chapter fifteen. In chapter twelve, it's I'll make you a great nation. And then he has Sarai, uh, the story of Hagar and Ishmael being born. And then in seventeen, God says, "Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations." Yeah. Um. You know, and 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 he changes his name from Abram to Abraham, a multitude of nations. Um, you know, and so and so you know his the covenant is through obviously through Isaac, but God actually makes him a multitude of nations here. He provides for them in the wilderness, almost almost like a foreshadowing of God's provision of His people in the wilderness. When they leave um, Exodus, it's also this this picture of that God sees and He hears um, His people who are uh, oppressed. Uh, it, it's interesting that um, you know she is a, a a slave. God's people will be slaves at one time um, in Egypt, and will will be will be um, uh, give you know taken into the wilderness for God's provision and protection. And all of these things are, are coming into play here. But but it really, it really shows the character and nature of God. How do we relate it to today? God sees people. Um, he knows them. This is representative of nations, of peoples, even outside of Israel, that he sees them, he knows them, he hears them. 
he has grace and favor upon them. Like all of these things are, 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 are there. And, you know, all of these things play into the great commission as well. As we are going to nations, we're reminded that, you know, these, that, that, that God sees the oppressed, God sees people where they are and, and has grace for them so that, you know, God's people will come with the good news of Jesus Christ and the gospel as this, um, as this, uh, as this angel comes to her and opens her eyes and gives her water. So are we the people of God to go to the nations to open their eyes and give them the living water of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's good. Amen. That's good. Um, and then, uh, in closing 21, and maybe this, this might be where we stop. We were thinking about going to 22, but there's a lot in 22. So maybe we'll do 22 and 23 together next week. Uh, but in verse, verse 22 of chapter 21, uh, Abimelech comes back onto the scene and, uh, he has with him Phicol, who's the commander. So Abimelech is a king. Phicol is the commander of his army. So two very powerful, prestigious individuals. And they come to Abraham and they say, God is with you in all that you do. So they have a recognition uh, that that Abraham is blessed by God. And they want to be a part of that. So he says, verse 23, Now therefore swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my descendants or with my posterity, but as I have dealt kindly with you, so you will deal with me and with the land where you have sojourned. Uh, and Abraham said, I will swear. So he's saying, look, I, I've dealt well with you. When when I was told who your wife was, I, I, I blessed you. I gave you gifts, even though you lied to me. Um, then in verse 25, when Abraham uh, uh, reproved Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized, Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this thing. You did not tell me, and I have not heard of it until today. So Abraham saying, hey, there, there's been then, been this issue. There's been this well that, that we've had conflict over. Uh, and Abimelech saying, I didn't know about it until today. And so it says, this is interesting, in verse 27, so Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech, and the two men made a covenant. Abraham set seven ewe lambs of the flock apart, and Abimelech said to Abraham, what is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs that you have set apart? He said, these seven ewe lambs you will take from my hand that this may be a witness for me that I dug this well. So, so this is interesting because Abraham's saying, I dug this well. Your servants have tried to claim this well, but here's a gift to you, a very generous gift that's going to that's gonna show as a witness, hey, this is mine. I, I, I built this. Um, and so, so he's giving this for the, his own well. And it's just, uh, it's, it's God's servant sacrificially giving of himself to uh, purchase something that is already his. Uh, does that sound familiar? <laughs> That's great. Uh, and so, yeah. so, so this, is, this is Abraham, and he's bringing a blessing to the nations, because look what happens. Uh, therefore, the place was called Beersheba. Uh, and if you, I think you probably have a footnote in your Bible there. It's, it's, it's down below. It says the well of seven. So this is the same place where Hagar and, uh, Ishmael fled to 
and and that that narrative was kind of a a parting of nations. Well, this is kind of a reversal. This is a regathering of the nations um, because it says uh, therefore. That place was called Beersheba because there both of them swore an oath. So they made a covenant at Beersheba. Then Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, rose up and returned to the land of the Philistines. And look at this. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham sojourned many days in the land of the Philistines. So I think we're meant to connect these two narratives. The narratives with Hagar and Ishmael is Abraham and Sarah actually driving the nations away from their actions, but God's still providing a blessing for these na- for that nation. Uh, but here it's a reversal, and they're coming together. And, we're in, and, and, and I think we're meant to connect them because it's happening in the same place, Beersheba, this, 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 this land of, of seven wells. And, and there's a covenant that's made. And then once that covenant is made, once the, the nations have been blessed, it's like there's like a almost like a punctuation mark at the end. Abraham planted a tree here, uh, which is, I, I believe, again, when, when a tree is mentioned, it's, it's in very specific, important places and, and important events that is meant. This is this is where heaven is meeting earth. God is, is working. He's doing what he has said he's going to do by using his chosen one uh, to, to, to bless the nations and to, 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 to bring them back to him. Uh, and that's what, that's what goes on there in, in the yeah. end of chapter 21. What are your thoughts? That, oh, that's, that's an incredible picture just of, you know, Christ purchasing or giving, um, of himself for something that is already his. And, and, you know, I, I, I just think of, <clears throat> of these, this picture of this King, like Abraham has some kingly priest uh, attributes because he's dealing with Kings, right? Like he's dealing with the King of Abimelech. And, and so he, he is already the King who controls this well. And yet he gives this, this gift of, of the seven uh, lambs to Abimelech, uh, even though he has control of the well as this covenant is is made. It's an interesting understanding. I, I really want to ask you about verse 33. Um, and Abraham in Beersheba planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. When he's calling on the name of the Lord, you know we see this in in the scriptures often. What what is he doing there? What is he what is he what is he doing when you call on the name of the Lord? What does that mean? Obviously, um, even even in in Romans chapter ten, verse thirteen, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So what what is what does it mean to call on the name of the Lord, Tim? Yeah, no, well I think it's it's a I think it's an expression of of the worship of God. Uh because it's it's not the first time that that uh this phrase is used in Genesis, right? Uh way back, right? right? Genesis uh is it Genesis five where it says, no 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 Genesis Genesis four, after the birth of uh, 
there's Seth, and Seth, he 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 uh, he bears a son. This is Genesis four twenty six, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Uh, so I think there's for 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 this specific account. This is a uh, this is again. Uh, tying Abraham's life back to the earlier accounts of Genesis, and and showing that this is this is this is going to be the righteous line. These are the people that God is setting apart. These are the these are the people that are going to worship me. That I'm going to choose to be my people uh, to to um, work with in a covenant relationship. Uh, where I'm going to provide for them, and and in return they're going to be called to to see me as their God, to forsake the the foreign gods, to do what Abraham did in forsaking his his foreign country and following God. Uh, but I think it's just a it's a uh, expression of of declaring that God is God Almighty, that He is the everlasting God, uh, and you're you're calling on Him. Um, in in full dependence and surrender uh, to him and his plan for your life. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think uh, I think it's significant um, the calling on the name of the Lord. Um, I, I I just think that that is significant here through the text of Scripture and through Abraham's life. He does it in. In Genesis 12, he does it in Genesis 13. Um, you know, he, uh, um, you know, in Genesis 16, Sarah does it. Um, you know, so this calling on the name of the Lord, and then uh, he also does it in Genesis 20, or Isaac does it again in 26 um and it's just interesting they do it in exodus but this calling on the name of the lord um i think i think is is a recognition of who god is and a desire to meet with him and his presence to dwell among his people. And I think we've missed this within the church today, that we're so focused upon whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We're so focused on the second part of that verse, we will be saved, that we forget that we want and desire to call on the name of the Lord to be in the presence of God that we desire God himself and not just our salvation. And I I believe, you know, this understanding here of this tree, which you're talking about in Abraham's life, and I see him calling on the name of the Lord, it's this desire to be in the garden, right? You you keep talking about the tree, and the tree of life is is a significant theme throughout the scriptures. But this desire to be in the presence of God, to call on the name of the Lord, to be in His presence, because we know that His presence brings life. And 
I, I just believe here that Abraham is experiencing God in a way that um, that is bringing life to his soul and ultimately preparing him for what happens next with the sacrifice of Isaac and the great faith that he has to to have faith in God that he could even resurrect his son if if he dies and and I think I think the connection to that piece there from 21 to 22 is an interesting point of God calling on the name of the Lord trusting in in the Lord and in his faith being in the presence of God so that when the test comes he is able to overcome the test and um, see God's hand at work in his own life. I think that's that, that's that's good, Rob. Um, I think it's real good. So, uh, so there we go. Genesis. Genesis twenty-two next week, man. Next week we'll do uh we'll do twenty-two and twenty-three next week yeah so, yeah uh we uh we, we vi- visited you know uh some some high points in abraham some low points in abraham uh abraham's highest point is chapter 22 where he is oh yeah lives completely by faith and uh so that'll be a that'll be a a a fun journey through that chapter and 23 is interesting i've already d- begun to do a little bit of research in 23 uh, and why there's so much time spent on this cave of for a burial place for his wife. There's some interesting things that we'll bring out. So, um, hey, thank the you. The cave of wonders. Cave right? of uh, Machpelah. No. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but uh, we, we appreciate our listeners. If you are, uh, if you have listened and you enjoy uh, what you hear, then we would greatly appreciate it if you drop us a rating, uh, five stars, preferably. Uh, and if you, uh, you want to give a review, that would be great too. And we will, we will, uh, read your review live. Well, you won't hear it live because we are a week behind, but, uh, but yeah, so, so if you would do that, we greatly appreciate that helps, uh, us more people, uh, just know about the podcast. That's just kind of how Apple and these things work. The more ratings you get, the more reviews you get, the more uh, places that the podcast will show up. So that would help us out. We appreciate it. Rob, any closing statements? Oh, yeah. I've got a resource for you today. Um, yes, come on. It is on Crossway, uh, crossway.org. And there is a series of articles in there. Uh, if you click on the articles, the series is called... Um, Christ in all of scripture series and it shows the gospel in every book of the Bible and uh, incredible articles that that can um, you can open up if you're if you're unfamiliar with a book you can begin seeing the message of of the gospel in the Old Testament and in the New Testament and get pictures of Christ and understanding how, um, those pictures relate to the gospel and ultimately points us to Jesus. It's an incredible series, and and I'm actually um, kind of patterning uh, a series that we're preaching on after um, some of these articles that that are um, that have kind of jogged my mind of 
how how much in the Old Testament um, God is showing us about Christ and understanding who this Christ is. So excited so excited to to look that up on crossway.org. Yeah, that just what? just that's a great resource right there. Crossway.org. They got tons of stuff. I'm, I'm waiting for Crossway to to do an app. I'm, they need to do an app so they can download and have all their content in one place. They haven't done that. Well, we, we're also waiting for Crossway to uh, sponsor our podcast. Come on. We, we're in we're in we're in uh, discussions with them, right? But uh, we we'll, we'll get there at some point. But <laughs> somebody somebody out there has to have a connection to Crossway. We we will. Uh, yeah. Someone, someone hook us up. So, yeah, but uh, right. if we got on their website, it'd be great. So uh, if you have a connection with Crossway, we'd love to talk to you about uh, Creed Indeed and, and uh, get in, get in, get into that. But uh, we love our ESV study Bibles, don't we, Tim? That's right. ESV. ESV. All right. So uh, the... Uh, the Creed Indeed podcast is uh, continuing to go on. We're in our second uh, second term here, our second series, and uh, we're excited about what God's doing here. As we walk through the Bible, uh, we're seeing these ancient truths come to life and applying them to our everyday modern world. Uh, Tim, it's been a joy and a privilege to be on with you today. Appreciate Always. you every time we're on. All right. Blessings. listening to Creed Indeed. We are a podcast seeking to discuss biblical truth and its application to everyday life. If you are enjoying the conversations that Rob and I are having, then we'd like to encourage you to subscribe to our podcast and consider giving us a rating and some feedback as well as like our page on Facebook. That will allow us to better be able to interact with our listeners. Our theme music, entitled King of the Mountain, is by our dear friend Erskine Anavitarte. And our interlude and concluding music comes to you from a very talented husband and wife duo called Poor Bishop Hooper. All of their information can be found in the show notes below each episode. We want to close with this verse from Isaiah 40, verse 8. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Grace and peace.